Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Searching with JTG. It's been a little while. This one is a late. Uh, this one's late. I try to put them out every two weeks, but I just went traveling, and I was away for three weeks, and I brought all my microphones and all the shit to be able to post it, and I didn't get around to it. Uh, and I also realized that I am done traveling and working for a while. I had a great time working on everyone, and uh, I really appreciate everybody coming through and everybody having me at their shops at Idle Hand and my buddy Austin and Frankie. Um, but I also realized that when I was living in Costa Rica for five years, I kind of had to travel every other month or so to go kind of make enough money to help support us through the slow season. And now that I'm living in the U.S. again, I don't have to do that. I'm living in Portland, and that's a great place to work, and people really like getting tattooed, and they take it seriously. And I kind of just had this realization that I can stay here, and I don't have to leave to go work. Um, and that when I do, it disrupts everything. I'm... I do better when I'm on some kind of schedule or routine. And I, I went on this trip thinking I was going to be able to do everything that I wanted to do. I was going to work out every day like I was here. And I was going to journal and I was going to keep meditating. All the things that I do in the morning to make myself feel more present and grounded. And I think I did it one day. And then I just slowly started to spin out of uh, out of my routine. And then just got really caught up in all the moments. So I will be here in Portland working full-time now. And I still have some trips, but they'll be more for enjoyment. I was really interested to see how Los Angeles compared to Portland in terms of the homeless situation because I had heard so many nightmares about it. But I got to say, I think Portland's a little more fucked up with the homeless situation and all the camps and... It's a mess. It's a mess all over the country. Uh, but we're all finally starting to come out of COVID, and that is exciting. Uh, I think I know that we are all just ready to get back to life and being able to see our friends. And uh, that's just so exciting. And I know it feels long overdue for everybody. I, I did manage to, to read a bit while I was away. I'm reading uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, man, it's really, really good. It's really good. I'm a huge proponent of spending time with minds greater than our own. I, I believe that we are kind of born with our operating system. We're all born with uh, what we inherit through our family, through our genes, through the way that we're raised. And it teaches us to view the world in a certain way. And then... Really, it's up to us to kind of learn how to interpret the world. And some of us get a better opportunity than others. And through spending time with people that had more access to information, uh, who had greater minds than our own, uh, who were more intellectually or spiritually aware or awake, we can learn a lot. And that's why I am where I am now. 
uh, I was a fucking mess. And I was convinced that I was a mess, and uh, I don't believe that at all anymore. I think I've got unlimited potential, just like all of you. So today I'm going to be talking with Yataro, who I met when I was living in San Francisco. He is such a sweet person, and we touched on a lot of those topics in this conversation, you know, about our ability to become the people that we want to be and to overcome some of the things that might naturally hold us back. Yutaro is from Japan, and he always stood out to me when I was in San Francisco. He was just always really kind and shared a lot of information with me and gave me lots of good advice, and uh, I couldn't have appreciated him more back in the day. Even when I was traveling through South America and I had an opportunity to do this half-sleeve, I reached out to Yotaro and talked to him on Skype, and he helped me make the design better, which just says a lot about his character. And if you've been listening to the podcasts, uh, I interviewed Claudia de Saab, and Claudia and Yotaro are married, and they're raising their son together in London. I think this was a really great, easy conversation. It was interesting to talk about the difference of uh, the Eastern mindset and the Western mindset and and how it applies to tattooing and how it applies to kind of life and philosophy in general. Yutaro is a, a really incredible tattooer and just such a sweetheart. And uh, I'm really grateful that he shared his time with us. This interview is from uh, a month or so ago, so some of it, uh, London was still in lockdown and now they're open. It was still in the midst of all the fucking COVID shit show, which we kind of still are, but we're on our way out. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Can you? I hope you can. Uh, All right. I guess that's it. I hope you enjoy this show. You can donate to the show if you'd like. I could really use some help and maybe someday getting an editor to help put these things together and maybe get some things on to uh, YouTube. And it just takes up a lot of my time and I'm not very technically savvy. I'm not a managerial person. I'm a creative person. So uh, at some point I would be thrilled to get somebody to help me with the managerial part of this. Uh, and I could get them out more often. So if you look up Searching with JTG on the web uh, and go to anchor.com, you can donate to the show through that, and that would be appreciated and help make the show better. That's it. Take care, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. I, I don't watch news so much. It's like um, I don't know which information that I can count on. Right. So I just kind of like, I, I keep it simple. I try and keep my head down and, you know, doing what I have, what I have to do for the day and, you know, just, you know, keep going with that. Right. But uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, England. Uh, yeah, I think they, they're having a hard time keeping the, you know, infection rate and, you know, death rate down and stuff like that. But I hear things are getting better now. Yeah, it seems like we yeah. might make it out of this by at yeah. least maybe the end of the year. Maybe things can start to return to somewhat normal. Yeah, yeah. I I really hope so. Yeah, yeah this has been a long nice. haul. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. I I <laughs> I almost forgot how long we have been in it. I got so used to, you yeah. know, being locked down. So, so tell yeah. me, what are you? What's your normal day like? My normal day, I I wake up maybe around six thirty, seven o'clock with uh, Zenta, our baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, when he he has to go to the nursery. Um, I just like, you know, have a coffee and tea right away, wake myself up and, you know, get himself ready for the school, the nursery and, uh, take him there. Nursery is still open. And, um, I, I come back. Then I do like, uh, uh, some project that I'm working on right now. I'm working on this, uh, you know, little flash project. Uh, with the guys from the shop. So I, I work on, you know, I'm, when I'm working on a painting, I work on a painting and, um, uh, I go until lunch. Then I have lunch maybe around 1130 or 12. Then after that, I do dishes to digest my food. And I start working after that. Like I do a stretch and do the workout for like maybe one hour and a half. Then I take shower, then I work on the project again until the, you know, Zenta comes home. Yeah. Yeah. The Zenta comes home and uh, yeah, cook him dinner, uh, give him a bath, then put him in bed and work on the project again. Yeah. Then maybe a stretch a little bit, stretch a little bit in the night, then Trying to get in bed bed by like eleven o'clock, ten thirty, eleven, because you know sometimes Zenta wakes up super early. Like really, depending on the day, he sometimes gets up like five, five thirty, and we don't get much sleep, and like our day is destroyed. Like I can't function it with like five hours sleep anymore. So yeah, trying to just kind of have like a safety margin of a sleep zone a little bit, trying to get in the bed early and stuff like that. Yeah. Then there's a couple of days of the week. Uh, uh, we shuffle days, me and Claudia shuffle days, taking care of Zenta when Zenta is not in nursery. So when my day to hang out with Zenta, just like, in the morning, we go supermarket together, get some groceries, and uh, yeah, play together. Uh, Sometimes watch movie together. And in the afternoon, I take him to the park down the street, yeah, doing some athletic things and run around a little bit. Yeah, it's basically our life is like based around Zenta's life. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. I think that must be kind of a nice thing. Um, how old are you it, now? It, <laughs> Me, uh, I'm 48. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm turning 49 this year. And Zenta's how old? Zenta is two, two, all right, all right, like four months. Yeah, so this gives me a little something because I think about having kids, but I'm 42 and I'm like, man, I'm gonna be so tired. Oh, but... yeah, man, <laughs> you, you can, you can, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. I, are you still working out? Yeah, so it's you know, the the COVID situation has been so challenging in terms of trying to maintain a schedule and uh, 
you know, the gym will open and then the gym will close. So, you know, doing different workouts at the house, started running. Um, but then there's some days and, and then I, you know, I had to move from Costa Rica to here. So I was, I had sunshine yeah. every single day, like bright, hot, tons of sun to Oregon where I've seen a blue sky like six times in the past month and a half. So it may super gray. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, I've, I have felt a shift in terms of how, of my energy levels and my ability to focus. Um, yeah. But I feel like I'm getting a hang on that and I'm working out regularly. And uh, nice. I just kind of like you, I have to keep a pretty strict schedule to keep myself yeah. in line or else I, I tend to just spin out and I get off. I get lazy. I get kind of <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I totally yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. It, it's structure is um something empowering about it yeah it's like, yeah so one it's of like, the mm. one of the ideas i had with the mm. podcast was the you know to talk to different people and the idea is that i i want to know how people do what they do people that i i can look up to that i admire and right um so you know asking different people how they go about their creative process and and what yeah. you know, um and a lot of the people i've talked to so far they don't really have one and I know if I don't have one so far, it seems like I just don't do nearly as much as I could. Right. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I can only speak from my experience, but when I didn't have structure, definitely I have procrastinated or yeah, uh, definitely like, yeah, wasted a lot of times. I could be more productive or yeah uh, or maybe you know spend more time for uh, self-developing and stuff like that and yeah i didn't do that's pretty important to use a uh, self-development uh yeah I uh, yeah i think so um especially when i you know became dad uh it became uh one of the most important things uh, be, because I see uh, my kid doing everything I do. He just mimicked me. And so what, like literally he's like a, you know, like a mirror. So like, I, I got a little bit scared. Oh, oh my God. Like I need to be like really a best version of myself. Because I, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how I thought, but I feel the responsibility uh, of uh, uh, raising another human, but to, um, it's a very like a grand idea, but uh, raising another human to um, be a benefit of this world. You know, I mean, I, I'm not qualified to say such things, but since, because like I've been a delinquent, I, you know, done many terrible things, you know, I've heard many people's, you know, feeling, you know, I've done terrible things like in, in the past and, but after, you know, growing up, becoming close to 50 years old, 
becoming a father of someone and it, it was a huge shift for me that I I wanna I wanna do my best to um um, I don't know how to explain. I want to do my best to for my child to experience the best of this world. Yeah. Yeah. That does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I yeah. mean, I think you have every qualification to say that just by your your consciously raising your son so that he can be a benefit to the world so that he can contribute to the greater good and so that he knows how to go into the world yeah. and to live a right. good life for himself and for the community around him. And just that yeah. is so important, I think, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why that's so important, but I think, yeah, I feel, I feel important. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, when you look back at your life, uh, like, and how you were raised. So I'm a big believer in the fact that what we're taught as children affects who we are as adults. That's where we're learning to interact with the world, how to interpret the world, um, yeah. whether we should be uh, brave or scared, whether we should be friendly or reserved. So yeah. what was your experience like growing up in Japan and uh, with your family? And how does that differ uh, yeah. from your approach to raising your child? Um, yeah. Um, okay, let me see. Um, it, I grew up in the 70s. I was born in 72. So it was a completely different world back then. Um, I don't resent any of this or, you know, yeah, like zero resentment towards uh anything happened to me from my family or other people. Um, but um, I, I grew up uh, being abused physically, like multiple times, like abused the way that my, you know, shape of my face can change. And, you know, like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say who did it or stuff because it doesn't really matter and stuff. So I grew up. Um, I now I'm kind of like self-analyzing. Sometime you know, after all these years, I feel like I was a. I mean, I still am a, a little bit, but I was a person needed a lot of attention or need to be made sure that someone loves me or something like that. Like a thirst of that type of stuff. So I grew up like sort of doing, you know, a lot of delinquent stuff. Uh, um, uh, you know, when I was growing up, like, um, you know, got arrested for stealing stuff and had to go to courts and yeah, it also the bad stuff. Like not not as bad that you know you have to go to prison or anything, but yeah, it's yeah, it's like uh, one step before that, I guess. 
Yeah. So, and also the Japanese society being so judgmental. So I felt never understood. Like, uh, because of, mm, super hard to explain it because of me needing a lot of attention and wanting to be loved. And, but that was judged. Right. So it's kind of like, it kind of like a snowballing effect of not accepted feeling that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sorry, my English is not. No, you're great. Paul, Paul, Paul is enough to explain kind of like a complicated conversation, but uh, yeah, trying to explain as much as possible as yeah, uh, but without going too much detail because uh, as much as I want to go into detail for you, but I think some things uh, maybe better. Yeah, yeah, keep it kind of private also. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. um, So, what what was the question? Yeah, yeah. So, growing up in Japan was sort of, uh, I felt very uh, outcast. Like, I felt didn't belong there. Yeah, and that, that, yeah, that desire for uh, for recognition or significance, or that desire to be seen or valued, isn't necessarily a part of Japanese culture. Is that true? Yeah, it's almost kind of considered evil, not evil or not cool. You know, trying to you know trying to come up, or you know trying to be seen or trying to become famous. It's not very welcomed idea. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the nail that stick sticks out, it, you know, get banged by hammer type of that right. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, how old were you when you left Japan? Uh, I left Japan when I was, uh, I left Japan 1996. So hmm? yeah, nine. Yeah, 96, early 1996. So when I was 23, yeah, I left Japan. Yeah, the first I went to Oregon, actually. I was living in Eugene, Oregon. Uh-huh. Yeah, did I tell you the story? You might have years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a long story, so I'm going to kind of tell it, sh- try and tell it short. <laughs> so this guy owns the, the jet. I, in Japan, I met this guy, uh, friends with the designer, the Japanese guy who owns a restaurant in Eugene, Oregon. And they were looking for a sushi chef, right? And if, you know, if I want to make sushi, they told me that they could fly me out for free to America. And, you know, they'll take care of the work visa for me. And I'm like, I, at, the, at the point, I already wanted to become a tattoo artist. You knew. Yeah, I knew it. I wanted to become a tattoo artist. That's another long story, but maybe this is some other time. And um, so I'm like, yes, this is great. I just gonna 
take advantage of them, fly out for free, and I just gonna leave the restaurant. So, yeah, so I fly flew out for free and made sushi for three months in Eugene, Oregon, and I just took off and went look for apprenticeship in uh, down in Southern California. And was that the HB tattoo? Yeah, that was the HB tattoo. Yeah, first I went to LA tattoo Venice. I went uh, look for uh, this guy named Gerard. He was the manager of uh, LA tattoo Venice, and he owned HB tattoo in Huntington Beach. And a friend of mine from Japan knew Gerard, and he told me to go see Gerard. So I went to look look for him in Venice Beach. And he he looked at me like I didn't speak any English and like ah, I don't know man <laughs> maybe just go down to Huntington Beach and uh, tell the manager that you know you want to be apprentice <laughs> and so I went down to Huntington Beach and I gave the note to uh, the Gerard wrote me a note because I didn't speak any English and just hand this note to the the manager Rob so. I, I went for I went to look for Rob in Huntington Beach, and uh, uh, yeah, I finally found the shop, and I just went up to him like, here, here's the note from Gerard, <laughs> and and Rob looked at the note like he looked at my face like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was rest of the history. I think that's the when I my tattoo career started. I think. Yeah, so I used to live right down the street from where you were tattooing. I, I don't know if you were still there at the time, but I lived like half a mile from HB Tattoo. Really? You, you used to live in Huntington? Yeah, for I guess when? a year or two. This would have been, God, I have no frame of reference. 90, maybe like 99 or 99. I was, I was still there. I left <laughs> Huntington in uh i think it was uh thanksgiving of 99 so yeah i think i was still there so then how long did it take you to learn english man that's a gotta be uh, a hell of a feat yeah i don't remember exactly but i remember being i was able to communicate with people after a year i think yeah it's impressive i'm not sure but it was like 25 years ago so i'm not sure. i don't remember how much i was speaking back then but like at the time i'm thinking like oh i think i can understand people you know <laughs> yeah but yeah well, of course i mean you know i s still don't speak great so i i uh, i don't think that's true you speak great. Yeah. You're able to express yeah. all your ideas. If you can okay. understand. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I remember, I, I don't remember having any problem with like speaking with customers and stuff back then. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then how long were you there before you moved to San Francisco? So I was there from 96 to 99. At end of 99, then yeah, I moved to San Francisco. First, I lived in Oakland for a few months and yeah, moved to San Francisco in like early 2000, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I met I met you there sometime. Know, yeah, two thousands. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when we met. Like, uh, I don't. I was before this podcast. I was trying to remember how we met, but I think you came to get tattoo. Yeah, you. Or, but we met. We met before. Yeah, I was working a brain drops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. My memory uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's man, it's it's twenty one years ago. Twenty years ago, so yeah, it's a long time. Um, yeah, but I remember that when we met, I was really uh, impressed with you. I think at the time I had a lot of like desire to to get better, but I also had a desire for some kind of stature or something. I wanted I wanted recognition too, you know. Right, right, yeah. Um, but I remember talking to you and, and getting really cool advice. I came over to your house once and I remember seeing your cork board and I think you had a quote from Philip Blue. Yeah, board. yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I st- what was that quote? Uh, I try to remember. I, I still have it somewhere too. It was great. Uh, yeah, it's something... Uh, I can't remember something any. about li- tattoo life and the importance of yeah. dedication yeah. to the craft. Yeah, dedic- yeah, exactly. So ba- basically, you you don't get nothing for free. You just have to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> type of stuff. Yeah. And for yeah. for the listeners out there, uh, when when we first met, I would go to you for some advice on some projects that I would be working on, and I was trying to learn, yeah. you know. Uh, Japanese tattooing or just trying to expand my field of vision and I went once to go get a critique from Grimy for this three-quarter sleeve with some koi fish that I was working on and you were working with Grime and Grime offered me some advice and you were just standing in the background and didn't really say anything Mm. and I I left and uh that night you called me and you said Jason I have some advice I didn't want to say Mm. anything while mm. while I was there, but uh, the koi fish on the bottom, you could you should turn it like three quarters to the left, and you should take the the top part and raise it up. And I was like, holy shit, this guy just remembered the whole thing that he saw, <laughs> and cared enough to to call and offer me that advice. And that kind of stretched along for a while. I I even called you once in from Lima, Peru, where I was going to do a half sleeve. And we sat on like Skype or something, and you helped right, me with the design. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was invaluable to me. I always appreciated uh, that. Uh, that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember vaguely. I remember vaguely. That's awesome. Thank you for remembering that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think I, that, I yeah. That, uh, that's part yeah. of like what I think, you know, what you're instilling in, in your son and Zenta is this uh this goodness this caring and and how to be a contributing member of society i you know i see that in you uh kind of a humble desire to to be part of the greater good in some way right right beautiful thing yeah i i i wish to be good and uh i feel like i feel like i'm a good person and but 
when I look back or I, you know, even, or maybe the things, you know, I did last week, I, I, I slip, I slip a lot. Yeah. Do, like, you, yeah. do you have a voice inside that uh, is, do you have a negative voice inside that sometimes can take over where you'll kind of hear that more so than uh, it, the things that might for me. For me, it's a more reaction. I think I don't even think, uh, and but and also within me, I think I'm doing great at the time. Like I'm doing some good things, or like I I have you know some benefit, or like you know I'm kind of like trying to do my best, and look back and like just like, man, that's not things. You know, that's not the way I, you know, way things are handled. Why, why couldn't I do that? Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's like, so I'm like, oh, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but I'm convinced even that, even that ability to look at it and say, no, that, you know, I'm, I, I'm better than that, or I want to do better than that. Even that yeah. that you're able to observe it is a sign, I think that you have the desire to be more than what we're capable of sometimes but uh. yeah i mean yeah th thank you i mean no i i i like your style <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, super positive yeah yeah i mean yeah that, that's a great way to look at it i mean uh only thing i can do is you know try and progress at yeah. all times so you know, it's the work is never done. The, you know, we have never arrived and never we just have to, yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of like a fighting a battle within me that um, trying to forgive myself, but do not do 100% forgive myself because, you know, what I have done is what I have done. You know, I cannot deny my past. So. Uh, then it's all necessary because you wouldn't be who you are now without the experiences of the past. Right, right. I mean, it, it's um, not, not unfortunate, but uh, mm, I'm not sure unfortunate is the right word, but, you know, I've been taking a lot of detour to get here and um, uh yeah i wish i wish uh you know i i wish differently for my child for sure i want to have you know i will i mean of course you know it's part of my ego that i can you know i will have something to do with his life i think that's my ego i think he's gonna have to you know do whatever he has to do but even if it's my ego, I would do my best to, you know, um, be an example that this, so that he don't have to take a detour, so much detour in life. Yeah, it's great. And, and to learn as, as much as or more than I have learned in my life. Yeah. Awesome. That's kind of romantic and, 
but um, I th I think uh, it's a uh, somewhat of fun work for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it excites yeah. me. I've heard other people yeah. say that raising a kid, other creative people say that raising a kid is like the greatest creation they've ever been a part of. The yeah, it's so, I mean, I highly, if you're thinking about it, highly, highly <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Um, all right. So what would you, what would, uh, what do you think the differences are in the Eastern mindset versus the Western mindset in terms of the craft of tattooing, the focus of tattooing? Mm. Um, uh, let's see, trying to organize myself. I think for, for Eastern, you know, I know only Japanese part, uh, Japanese tattooers, um, I, I, I feel like they come from very much of craftsmanship, like, uh, uh, you know, like super hardworking to perfect their craft, you know, to just, you know, produce as best product as possible, you know, for themselves or, you know, for their customers. I, I think that is like, you know, like strong backbone of uh, Japanese uh, tattooers, like a mentality, I think, still. Um, in America and Europe, you know, where I worked at, I think, um, almost uh, anything goes, everybody has different intention, feel like, like almost like an individualism, like, uh, you know, some people want to uh, produce beautiful stuff. Some people will uh, produce new stuff, like new ideas. Some people just want to make money. Some people just want to make, uh, get famous. Uh, so I think anything goes. You know, um, I think uh, those are the different I see. Yeah. yeah. W what do you think about it? H have you been to Japan? Yeah, I was there in 2011. Uh, okay. I was only there for two weeks. And it was, mm. it was uh, after I got to meet Yvonne Sasi, which was really yeah. significant for me. Um, yeah, she's amazing. But I still hadn't began to focus on Japanese tattooing. So I, I had a, a huge appreciation of Japan, but mm. I, I look forward to going back again uh, with a much mm. deeper appreciation of it. But man, what a what an amazing, amazing country. Yeah. I've, I've thought a lot about that, the, the difference um, with the individuality, the individualism of the Western world, uh, oh. especially the United States. I, I think mm. we are, we're like young, rich, powerful, mm. strong kids because we're so much younger than so much of right. the world, but we have a ton of money. Yeah. We're really strong. We have a really strong mm. military. Mm. We're very influential, but we think that we know everything and that individualism goes into, I think the way that we've dealt with COVID and I guess it might be the same in Europe as well, 
versus a, a country that operates more as a unit where people adhere to some, uh, some instilled code of conduct where it's not just about you, but it's about the larger group. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I definitely think that that stretches into tattooing uh, in terms of the individuality and uh, a expression of the ego, I think more so right. than in Japanese tattooing, like the shuhari. Yeah, shuhari, yeah, I love that saying. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Could you, could you yeah. describe that? Yeah, uh, sh uh, sh shuhari is the concept of how to make um, new thing, new new thing, uh, new thing means the new tradition. Uh, shu means to protect, and ha means to destroy. Li means to leave. So to to create new tradition, you need protect the tradition. But the, after the, you need to destroy the tradition and you need to leave the tradition. So in the, uh, in those three, you know, activities, you know, the new tradition is going to be created. Yeah. Yeah. This is Horia's three saying, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's why I read it. So yeah. in that last part, you take what you, you take what you've learned you study the masters, you reinterpret the masters, yeah, and, and then you create your own version. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you leave it to create your own version of it. Right. Yeah. And have yeah. you felt that transition in your in your work? Oh uh, I've been I mean, I think uh, going between back and forth in the shoe and hop hard right now, I think, it, in my career. I, I started, um, I was, I, I, I always had like interested in Japanese traditional styles since the beginning. Um, but also in the beginning, in the back in the 90s, I was more into like black and gray and uh, some more like a biker style tattoos and because you know I'm Japanese and the customer comes and they want to get Japanese traditional tattoos it's like always a popular style right like a very strong style so you know I end up having more and more like uh, the customers the you know I'm, my appointments are getting filled by Japanese style customers then I I was always studying, but not fully. Like, you know, I read some book here and there, and I look at um, maybe European masters, you know, Philip, Mick, Luke, uh, and stuff like that. But I was never uh, drawn to the super classics from, you know, uh, Japanese masters, like from turn of century or before war and stuff like that. I, yeah, I, I was never drawn to it. Then more and more, um, I was, you know, keep going with like a modern Japanese style. Uh, I was like, uh, I wanted transit to the super classics, but I didn't have a courage to do it. I, I don't know why, uh, 
maybe because uh, I was working at Skull and Sword and uh, working, you know, working with Grime, always bouncing the idea with him, you know, Henry Lango. Um, I was more, because of the influence, I was more uh, uh, focused on the technical part of the uh, draftsmanship. Uh, then when I left Skull and Sword in 2016, then um, I didn't have the, you know, strong influence from geniuses anymore. So I kind of had to figure out my own identity on my own. That, 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 does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then when I left console before I, I came to England to be with Claudia, uh, I was lucky enough to go back to Japan for a few months to wait for my uh, visa to arrive for the England. So uh, when I uh, spent a few months in Japan, I spent uh, time with Ichibe and Horihiro. And that time, uh, something clicked. Like, okay, now like they're, they're showing me incredible keeping the tradition in front of me, like it, like it, it inspired me, like like uh, wow, like I want to do that too. Like it gave me a courage to kind of like uh, uh, shift over to uh, learn from super classics. So basically, I'm you know trying to do classical looking tattoos since 2016. I mean, I was kind of sort of transiting before, but not really fully so from 2016 to now minus the COVID it's like about yeah four years yeah. <laughs> trying to do it four years so I'm so in the four years I'm still trying to learn the tradition and trying to break it a little bit but like oh uh, no not really I don't know anything just going back to it right right yeah so yeah that's where I'm at right now I think that's cool yeah yeah, but I I like to do that those three shuhari and eventually create, you know, my like own style, like super classic looking, you know, when people see like scrolling Instagram or who knows five years from now, people see you know photo of my tattoo, like, ah, that's you did that, right? Like automatically, that's that's. Uh, where I like to be, yeah. So that's your goal that you have in that insight. Yeah, like a sort of like a minor goal, I think. Yeah, small goals. Yeah. And how about that? Do you are you a person that likes to set goals? Do you have an idea of what you want to do or accomplish in the next five years, ten years? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm a big big fan of setting up set uh, set up the goals, even with like ridiculous ones. And just kind of like I say it out loud, it, I think it's just funny. <laughs> What's a ridiculous goal? <laughs> One of the, I, I say it all the time is uh, I'm going to have tattoo parties. Like, you know, the one of like a, a Japanese master book, mm -hmm. like you get the book and like towards the end of the book, they have the picture of 
the guys with body suits like standing and the, the master is sitting in the middle but i'm i'm gonna do that in the, like a bathhouse or something yeah you know so like <laughs> i i get like uh you know 30 body suits or more and just like have them all stand uh, behind me and take photo and just like cele- celebrate totally you know for for the long years of support of my tattooing stuff awesome. yeah that's one of my yeah yeah so I, i'm like always saying at my manager at the shop like yeah back piece i need the back piece uh <laughs> i need to do the tattoo party <laughs> <laughs> You know, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I only tried to start figuring it out from 2016. So, Horia yeah, yeah. Stu did, Horia did like more than 100 body suits or something. So, like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And that's the thing, it takes, yeah. you really have to be settled in somewhere and locked in to, yeah. to continue that. I, yeah. Yeah. Rooted into the community, yeah. Just keep your heads down. Just keep tattooing. Yeah, they're very long-term yeah. relationships that are necessary. Yeah, like that. yeah. With so many people, yeah. you know. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because of the internet and everything, like business became broader. You know, like you can operate the business in a wider area. So. I mean, it's good and bad, you know, we have, you know, more customers than ever, you know, more, most amount of, you know, people are getting tattooed in history right now, I would say. Yeah. But, um, but because of it, we can travel and make money and stuff. So it's became less rooted into the community and yeah. And also like, yeah, um, idea of getting suits by one artist is not custom to western world european world so then we have to start from uh, introducing idea to the audience and stuff like that. you know some people mm-hmm. doing it like in oregon uh greg greg letron mm-hmm. you know he he's doing great i think yeah new york has you know kiku and archie shinji yeah yeah and then it's so huge it, it, in south america like yeah even just planted the seed and it's just sprouted yeah. up you got like santo horizada and freddie leo yeah horizada yeah totally just doing oh, such yeah incredible leo work. i love leo's work yeah man yeah so they, they they are like yeah they have like amazing relationship with japan too the south america Especially in Sao Paulo, yeah. Brazil, but that's yeah. the largest Japanese culture outside of Japan. Yeah. Um, I showed Horisada's work to Shinji and he was like, yeah. I don't know, this guy must be, must have Japanese like in his past life. He's right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know him personally. I kind of like passed by him uh, at the convention stuff, say hello. Uh, yeah, but like he goes to Japan and uh, walk uh, this like a historical, uh, what is it? Uh, that kind of like a religious route. Yeah, he's, uh, what is it? Oh, I can't remember what. He, he opened up a temple in Buenos Aires. 
Uh, oh, he also, so he's also、uh, like Buddhist. Yeah. Ah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he、uh, was Japanese in past life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, he's more Japanese than I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what, how's it, how was it to move from San Francisco to London? How's that transition、uh, been? Uh, it's, it's been okay. I was,、uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's it, no problem for me. I, I didn't have any customers in London, so I just came here. Uh, listen to Claudia's advice and just, you know, keep my head, you know, keep my head down and keep working. And yeah,、um, I mean, before COVID, I was already booked for three months, four months. So yeah, it, it's, been, it's been fun five years,、uh, minus the COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> minus this black spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but then you know, we open up our own shop and we love it and we'll keep growing until COVID. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, and、uh, you know, I was successfully able to change the style and you know, having family and stuff. You know, it's not, it's not like walking up. Park or anything, it's always hard work to make you know, relationship good and you know, a relationship in a shop, working and stuff like that. But it's, um, it's uh, very re- rewarding, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. And you moved there to be with Claudia. So, how did you and Claudia meet?、Uh, we met、uh, when she was traveling.、Uh, she was traveling through San Francisco. And、uh, yeah, she came to s c o n s o r t and、uh, meet us. Yeah, and she also wanted to get tattooed by Grime and stuff. And、uh, yeah, we, we were friends before. Like, we both、uh, were seeing someone. So we just like, you know, made friends. And she was always super respectful and nice. And oh, that's fresh. Like, you know, I.、Uh, they, I was at the time, like, maybe I met her 2014 or 15? 2014, I think. It was still、uh, less of female tattooers around. So、uh, it was the first to see the female tattooer、uh, you know, doing what she wants and to be also respectful for the older tattooers and stuff like that. It's kind of like、uh, very fresh to see. So, Uh, left me very big impression. And、uh, when I travel, like, you know,、uh, sh- she always s u p p o r t us. Like, me and Henry travel to London, she s u p p o r t us. Like, she、uh, let us keep our stuff at the shop and、uh, stuff like that. So, I'm like, ah,、oh, yeah, she's super cool. And we just like keep talking online. And, and next thing we know, is we're both single. and We just get talking and like, oh, wow. Chicka bow wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then, like, oh, the, the, she, she said she's coming to San Francisco and we should hang, hang out. Let, you know, let's stay together and hang out a little bit. And 
yeah, that, that's how it all happened. Awesome. Yeah. Love stories. Yeah, I mean, it's not always sweet, but uh, worth worth the hard work. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you have the same two two people with the same values about being together. Just you know, not giving up. Like even with the hardest time, you know, COVID now, and like, you know, we we don't live in a flower field or anything. You know, sometimes it gets, you know, things get really tough, but still work through it, communicate, and you know, go to the other side. Yeah. 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 Yeah, these have been yeah. challenging times for so many people personally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, I I see so many people uh, having a hard time. Yeah, yeah with fucking good reason. It's been a, a weird. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for I mean, year. yeah, none of, none of our generation hadn't seen anything like this before. So yeah, man, like yeah. it's the only time in the history that i know except for i guess the spanish flu where the whole world has been affected by one thing and we've all been yeah. affected in the same way we've never experienced that before yeah there's just this this entire population has to has had to stay inside and had to go into themselves and spend more time in solitude it's yeah un, unprecedented yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I hope, hope we come out of it, and and uh, you know, a lot of us can, you know, learn something from it. So when we come out, we will have like a a better society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how, how is it for you? How is it for you uh, transiting Oregon? Like you were mentioning about weather a little bit. I can yeah, kind of, re- re- yeah, I can kind of relate you about the weather because it's today it's 32 here. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's been snowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I keep like we have a blue sky today, which is it's just crazy. It feels nice. crazy to me right now. And yeah. I keep trying to tell myself that it's really beautiful in its own way. It's just different from Costa Rica. Yeah. But there's there are definitely things that I miss about uh just being so surrounded by nature and yeah. hearing the birds and the sun rising every day at like five. Um but I don't know, there's something about this kind of melancholy weather that's more introspective, which I think can lend itself to, to being creative. If you yeah, can like, yeah. Yeah, prioritize it and, and make the time for that to be an totally. essential activity. Totally, yeah. I, I totally felt the uh, same about London too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You have to stay inside because it's super shitty outside and have to make most of the in- indoor time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's been quite creative, so 
Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you yeah. so you and Claudia started uh, uh, Deco Boco. Yeah, the the yeah, it's a uh, printing company, also YouTube channel. Yeah, it's many many stuff. Yeah, we're just trying to hustle. Like, yeah, we yeah. need we need more money for the baby. <laughs> and London's not a cheap place to live. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, just trying to keep hustle and yeah, it, it's been it's been okay. I think Claudia is doing a lot of work on it, and I I try, but I don't think I'm doing enough. Yeah, I, I oh. like to do, I like to uh, put more energy into it to uh, make make the business grow and yeah. Yeah, but it's it's really cool that you guys get to work together on a common goal uh and yeah you know, get to do that side by side that's got to be pretty gratifying yeah it's it's really cool um because first of all she has same or harder work ethic than me so she she works like she always have amazing ideas for painting business and she like always on it like always on even she's depressed about pandemic she's like grinding so to have that it's such an inspiration so um and also you know she's interested in you know becoming wealthier you know like she's not romantic about oh you know i'm gonna make just cool stuff and the money doesn't matter no none of that we have to pay bills we want to live comfortably for us and our child you know we gotta cash in yeah. so she's re very realistic about things and on top of that she's good at taking care of paperwork which kind of makes me a codependent person which <laughs> <laughs> is not so good but um yeah i like to uh you know contribute the way that i can contribute yeah eventually i'm gonna learn you know what she, you know what she's doing also yeah <clears throat> so yeah it, it, it's it's incredible yeah, I mean it's not the easiest because you sometimes headbutt on the business ideas, or sometimes you're not in the mood of taking the criticism to from each mm. other, and <laughs> you know then we have to work things out after. So it's not never a flower field, but the, it's uh, when we can work out this problem, it the ground gets so much solider. Yeah. and so much more fun I to work with yeah struggle progress is accompanied by struggle there's no progression without struggle there's no learning to draw yeah. better or there's no getting physically stronger emotionally stronger stronger in a relationship without having to go through some exertion and and difficulties yeah yeah totally yeah, and same same to you too. You you're working on books, start the podcast. Like, 
Yeah. Remember we uh, we talked at the breakfast when you Ooh. were here last yeah. year, and you you are on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Thank you, man. It's been really cool yeah. coming back from Costa Rica because it was really hard to execute a lot of things. I could I could I could make some art. I could make art, but even that was difficult because I didn't have access to supplies very easily. Right. I could tattoo, but even that was you know, uh, busy at certain times of the year and then it was slow. So it was a lot of struggle, but a lot of time to think about what it is I wanted to do in the next half of my life. And now that I'm here, I feel like I'm in the land of opportunity. I can actually do it. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. So do, do you, so you said you're 42. Mm -hmm. I'll be yeah, 43 do, next month. Next month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh? You are, uh, yeah, you're born in March. Yeah. March, what day? Uh, 21. Oh, okay. The first day cool. of spring. Ah, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so after, after 40, you feel kind of like it's, uh, you, you feel the halfway of your life. You definitely do, man. It definitely feels like I'm, uh, yeah. and then, you know, we also start to see friends of ours go and people that we've known yeah, go. Yeah. And that yeah. is such a yeah. sobering feeling. And you realize yeah. how that is right around the corner at any given time. You never know when it's coming. Yeah, man. I totally thought the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah same exact thing. Yeah. So, that's good. Do you have any kind of philosophy? Uh, do you have a spiritual aspect to your life or any philosophies that you mm. like to live by? Oh, oh. Mm. I, I think I do, but maybe I have so many that I don't know which one to. I have the same yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think like I have so many that I want to be. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Um, yeah, just be a good person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just be a good person. Yeah. That counts for a lot. Yeah, I good means not like spiritual or anything like that. It's just like a solid person if someone uh, or like if, if family needs help I'm there like a person who can be there for the you know, for family I think That's good. yeah yeah mm, can you tell me who are three of the most influential people in your life they could be people oh. that you know personally or yeah right um uh, right now i think it always changes um yeah but generally three people uh claudia first and and grime he because he just changed my life so he is always going to be the yeah biggest influence yeah 
And right now, I think third would be David Goggins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your inner bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he reading his book helped me a lot uh, going through this pandemic. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it always changes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I like jo- Joko Willink. Uh huh. Kind of the same school. Yeah, same school yeah, yeah. Just, just like, don't complain and just keep going. Type of. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. I don't want to use my time for bitching about things. Right. So yeah. without 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 it being bitching, could you recall something where you felt? uh some sense of failure but that you ended up learning a lot from that failure that helped you uh head into the person that you'd like to be or who you've become uh yeah i mean man so many (laughs) so many yes i think all my life is a failure i think yeah all through literally yeah yeah, learning from that, I think. So learning from each moment, and yeah, learn, yeah, basically every day I make some kind of mistake, and I try and learn from it. And some week I make the same mistake, and or sometimes I don't make the same mistake again, and just keep going with that. Yeah. Sometime then, I mm, go ahead. Well, that can uh, feel yeah, kind so, of. Mm, Mm-hmm. You go, you go, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, that, but sometimes I have to even learn to admit that I made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I'm doing fine, but not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's such a, a great feeling when you're trying to change a habit or you are trying to accomplish something and you have something that's holding you back. So you're trying to eat better or you, or there's something that irritates you when you eat it, but it tastes really good and you keep eating it. And then you say, okay, I'm going to stop. And then when you finally stop for a significant amount of time and you look back and there's that great sense of like, there's a sense of accomplishment. I did something good for myself. (laughs) It made me better. And actually, you feel better, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a perfect analogy, Jason. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have this analogy that I've come up with that we are all sailing on this existence. This existence is just this great big ocean. And our bodies are our ships that we yeah. have inherited. And yeah. we have to learn to navigate these waters. And I think some of us have been taught by our parents how to manage our ship, how to set the sails right, how to tie the knots and how to navigate and set goals and head towards them. And some of us have not. And I know for myself, I have not. And I've had to make a significant amount of effort to uh, learn how to even set goals and head somewhere. Felt like I just drifted through my life and ended up in some pretty amazing places, but I didn't make a lot of decisions on where I was going. <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. 
but that's changed now uh, i think like you I, I i like to have a bunch of goals and things that i'm working towards um, yeah how have you have you felt that in your life like a progression of understanding of how to navigate your life and and your place in it i'm sorry you please tell me again the question have you felt that a, a greater understanding of how to navigate your life and how to uh, manage your place in this life and figure out where you're going and gain the greater control of yourself. All uh, right, yeah. Um, hmm. I, I don't feel I'm navigating. I don't feel that I'm navigating in, um, uh, I love your analogy by, by the way, the sailing analogy is, I think it's really nice. Um, I, I, I can feel, or I can agree with the analogy in some parts of life, I think, but my like general approach is more, um, mm, what is that? It's, it's kind of hard to make. I, it's almost kind of like a leaf floating on the water. Mm -hmm. It it's almost have uh, no resistance towards the current, but therefore so relaxed. And it's, it's okay with being okay with where we are going with it. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. Beautiful. Right. Uh, but then again, there is some kind of stare to it too, you know, but it's not a lot almost feel like. Hmm. That's interesting. So that I think kind of fits in with stoicism. Uh, this idea yeah. that you <clears throat> don't wish for things to be the way that you want them to be, wish for them as right. they actually are. Yes. So to exist in the moment and to to trust in, in fate and and where we're headed. Right. Um, rather than trying to stare me or uh, stare the world the way the, the way that I want to be, I mm, it's super hard to explain. I float and I relax. But there is some stare in it, <laughs> but I don't know how to explain, but like, I kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. So it could be like, like you kind of float for a while and stare at the stars and you're kind of just floating and existing. Right. And then like, oh, I'm going to go over here. And then you decide right. to go over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's some, something in like both moments exist, but then, um, Mm. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. No yeah, worries. having a hard time explaining. Yeah, it's yeah, it's almost yeah. Like I don't wish for the wind to blow the way that I want to go. So if not, it's blowing. I will come up with some way to enjoy the moment. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to think about the analogy for it. <laughs> I have to tell you next time.
Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, Jason. Yeah. That's what, yeah, some of the questions are kind of uh, more heady, so I think they can. No, no, I, I love these conversations. I, I wish um, I had a good analogy for it. Like The only thing I, I would like, say with that is like, so if the wind isn't blowing in the direction that you want, so yeah. it's, it's cool, you just sit and hang out for as long as you want. But then learning to sail is learning how to manipulate the sails, not the wind. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So I think like some of like uh, like your analogy is in it, but not at all time, like being flexible at the situation. Right, yeah. uh, like how water moves around all things, be flexible like bamboo instead of rigid. Right. Like, uh, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. Um, mm. So, how do you, how do you keep evolving, and how important is evolution to you in terms of the craft? Oh, uh, how do I keep evolving? I, I don't know. Do you, how do you keep do progressing? You see, mm, mm, do you see me progressing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, just in the past four years, you've changed your focus. And you're right, to, yeah. to dive into a specific uh, path. Mm. Um, or is progression important in terms of, of the craft? I, yeah, for, I think for me, it is. In, in, this is important because it's fun. Yeah, it, it uh, excites me, I think, when I can do things better than I was able to before, uh, excites me, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think having fun is most important part. And including in the having fun part, set kind of ridiculous goal then going for it, it, it make the game of going for it to how to enjoy it like so i think that's maybe my way of uh keep keep uh going keep going like yeah keep trying to do what i'm trying to do i think yeah yeah make the make the game out of it totally yeah that's do, cool. do you remember do you remember when we were kids like when we go to the park and you know, we have like an empty can of juice and I go, uh, maybe uh, we kick around this one, you know, count to 10 and kick around this one, you know, just like create the game on the spot, you know, something like that. It's almost like this, like, okay, what, what I have right now, what, what game can I create? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's fun, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, when we were a kid, we didn't have a meaning to it, like, but it was uh, fun. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, we didn't necessarily have the reason to have fun. So that type of feeling like, oh, what, what can I uh, excite me type of things. Yeah. All right. We got a couple fun questions and then we'll wrap up pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite curse word? A crossword? Yeah. Crossroad? What's your favorite? Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't understand the question. Crossword. What's your favorite swear? 
A, a curse word. Yeah. Cunt. <laughs> since, since, since being in England. Yeah, they cunt. use that a lot, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what album have you listened to more than any other album? The album, uh, this album is called a Data Learned Language by Mercury Program. A data learned language? Yes. It's music? I think, yeah, it's an album, right? Yeah. Music album. Yeah, it's, it's called, I think, hold on, I might be saying that wrong. No, it's just an interesting title, a data learned language. The, it, uh, yeah, uh, a data learned language. Cool. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really, really nice. What movie have you watched the most in your life? I think I would say Easy Rider. Oh, so good. Easy Rider. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I think that's the that was the reason i came to america didn't you ride your motorcycle across the states or something yeah i mean uh no uh, yeah states from oregon to uh california okay yeah that was the idea of me i i got the idea from watching easy riding awesome yeah did you ever want to do acid in the graveyard <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, when I was watching it in Japan, I didn't realize what acid was back then. So later I found uh, like, you know, I started experiencing acid when I was in California and like, oh man, that's acid. <laughs> that makes sense now. That scene <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so funny. Um, yeah, I maybe I wouldn't do it now. But maybe I did it back then. Yeah. Yeah. I see it in graveyard. Seems like <laughs> I have a bad trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And then maybe. what profession other than tattooing would you have liked to attempt? Um, maybe if I didn't become a, a tattooer, I I always wanted to be a racer first when I was growing up. Uh, then I wanted to be a musician, like like everybody wants to be a musician when you're a kid. And then after that, I wanted to become a fighter. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, I would maybe... Yeah, if I was kid, maybe I'd try. But my age now, if I didn't, maybe I'd try to be a mechanic or something. Mm. Yeah, All something right. like that. Yeah. And uh, how would you dis define success? Success is happiness, I think. Yeah, amount of happiness you can feel. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So tell people where they can find you when the world opens back up. 
Oh, yes. Uh, yes, my Instagram is uh, warriorism. And uh, our shop is in London. It's called Red Point Tattoo. Uh, in Instagram is at Red Point Tattoo, I think. <laughs> I think so. Let me check. <laughs> yeah, I'm super bad at this. I don't know. And also, uh, please check out um, our YouTube channel. It's called Decoboco Creatives. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Now our YouTube finally became monetized. Oh, really? Started, yeah, I started making some money, like 50 cents a day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but how, yeah. Is that on views per day? Or how does that, what's the crossover? Uh, I think yeah the uh, yeah views per day and each view gets the adverse and like pays you know small amount of money so more views we, we get and we make more money excellent yeah so yeah thank you it took one year to uh, make it happen man who does all the video editing and uh, I I uh, me and Claudia Claudia does her own and I do my own. Ugh, it sounds exhausting. Yeah, it is. Uh, sorry, uh, the shop Instagram account is red underscore point underscore tattoo. All so, right. yes, please, please find us. We're in London. Excellent. Well, Yutaro yeah. Sakai, thank you so much. Man, thank you so much for uh, having me. I'm... I'm uh, uh, super happy that you're doing this and I'm honored. Oh, wait, one more question. I'm going to splice this yes. in. Yeah, um, yes, of course. <laughs> what, what is something that you wished that you learned when you were younger or that someone that you wish someone had told you when you were younger? It, I wish I, I learned that um, everybody, including myself, is worth being loved. That's beautiful. I wish I understood that when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 I understand now. <laughs>